Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham and today for the second time in a row with me in studio is the fantastic Jojo. Oh, yeah. Fine, Jojo, we do it okay. We're here in studio. It's like boom, looking like all brand new and shit. You know what I'm saying? But that's because you're here. Because usually it's a pigsty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just so you know. Yeah, I'm being real. <laughs> right, so um, today we are going to be talking about uh, this little show we found on Prime Video called Zero Zero Zero. It's a very weird title for a show, for a series. But um, I have to say that because I'm stupid and sometimes I guide myself by what they call a show, I decided for a few times to pass on it until there was nothing else to watch. And I decided, yeah, let me take a look at that. (laughs) And that's what I did, (laughs) you know. So um, it just turns out that it was a hell of a show, and I want to talk about it. So I asked Jojo, would you watch this and blab about it with me for a good 40 to 45 minutes? Yes. So I suppose I'm going to put the question out there, Jojo. Well, how did you like it? I liked it very much. Did you now? I did like it very much. And I'm, I'm, you have NPR voice I'm and you're too far no. from... <laughs> From the microphone, so. <laughs> I, I liked it very much. No. Yes, I liked yeah. it very I, much. I liked it very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, it, it was great. And it's, it's a very dynamic show in that there's lots of flashbacks. If you don't pay close attention, you can get lost easily. But, it's, but that's, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that as a critique of it. I'm saying that, that that's a good thing. I think, I, think, I think you're right. Like I, it's, it's not a critique of, of the show at all. It's just the way, the way everything is set up. Because if you wanted to waste everybody's time, you could have made four series out of these series. Yes. yes. Because each family, each character in itself could be a whole series. But but they decided not to do that. And they decided to tell you those stories and bring you to where all of those lives converge, if you will. Yes. And it was perfect. I loved it. Yeah. Now, you have already confessed that you have yet to finish watching the show. I have yet to finish because of, of circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> but you are going to have a lot of fun uh, finishing the show because it has a lot of twists and crazy shit happen. There's a few things about the show that I like, and is that 
as bonkers and wacko as things may seem in the world of narco-trafficking, all this shit are possible, are plausible. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's. I think that's the other thing too about the show is that even even though you do have to pay attention to what's going on and there's a lot of, of flashbacks and, and things like that, like none of it is out of the realm of, of believability. Exactly. And the stuff that happens, even some of the most, you know, horrible stuff is stuff that has happened. I mean, so it's, it's, you know, parts of it could be ripped from headlines if you want to put it that way. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure there's an element of that in there because we all have woken up to the news that the cartel in Mexico fucking kidnapped a whole bus full of people and killed yes. all of them on camera. Yes. Or we all have woken up to the news of an entire town just being overtaken by the, by the cartel where the Mexican army cannot even dare to come in there and do anything. Yeah. So these things are possible, but at the same time, one of the, one of the things I think because of Hollywood, we, we've all some gotten to believe in, which isn't true, is that the most powerful branch of mafia is in the United States. I'm talking about Italian mafia. And that is not true. And to be honest, the hardest mafia done from the United States has always been taking their clues and their orders from Italy. Yes. Right? Yes. Because Italy is where it all is. You know, the headquarters are there. And so any mafia family in the United States is just a circusol or a small representation of a larger Italian mafia family in Italy. And so this series goes into that and it goes a, a bit deeper into the traditions and the core tenets, right? Yeah. Of mafia, of organized crimes and the hierarchy, the sacrifices, and almost there's a historic context behind it because it's all sort of like structured like the Roman Empire, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll go a little bit more into that. And then you have the less criminal side of it, side of it which is the people who dress up every day and go to work. And on the one front, they are a respectable business family. And on the other side of the coin, they are deep, deep, deep into criminal activities that you could never suspect. Yeah. They are part of high society. They have the, good, the, the friends in all walks of life. And, and you, could, you would never dare to think of them as crooks. Yeah. And yet they are, and they are known as the brokers. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So we're going we're gonna to talk a bit more about that. But Jojo, I think, limited as that may be, but knowing the synopsis of this movie, what can you tell us about it? Oh, movie did I say? No, the yes. series. <laughs> I'm going to say, wait, <laughs> we are talking about a series, right? Because I, I probably could have watched a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
so zero 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 what is the name which you mentioned earlier which is the reason why you had passed on it the reason it is called that is zero 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 is a, is a name for flower and it's at its purest is what it's called and so in drug trafficking that is what they use for cocaine the purest cocaine is known uh-huh. as zero 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 so that's where this gets its name i didn't from. know that shit look at you <laughs> man yo <laughs> education lord we, we can go into business now i know shit <laughs> um but yeah so it is uh about the the mob the mafia mob the cartels and the american family that is i guess i don't know what one of the middlemen, uh, you would call it. The broker, yeah. The broker, yeah. yeah. So it's it's the story of, of all of these people and how they come together. And it is the story of one shipment of cocaine in particular and the way it goes very, very wrong and uh, sort of a mishap uh, cocaine shipment, if you will, and all of the, the drama and everything that happens along the way with it. Yeah, that is in a nutshell, what it's all about. And um, I ended up liking this show, as I told you, Giorgio, because I I like the fact that it it presents so many different aspects. It wasn't all about the crime. It wasn't all about... First of all, it tells you all that it takes to take a shipment of drugs from one place to another. All the steps that need to be taken, all the bribes that need to happen. Yeah. Um, all the people who get in, get involved in all the lives that it may cost. Yeah. In during the trajectory before it gets to its final destination. And still that's not even to the dis- distribution part. True. Where also it there's more lives to be taken. Because, you know, if you add to that things like overdoses and stuff like that, then, yeah, there's a lot to consider here. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that it. so many people are involved in bringing a shipment to wherever it's going is it's almost kind of amazing that it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of the kind of thing that's like there's so many people involved and there's so many moving pieces in so many ways that it could go wrong. How does it ever possibly go right? But it goes obviously that it, it goes right way more often than it goes wrong. Yeah, because yeah, because you have a, a there's a booming <laughs> drug trafficking right. market out there, isn't right, it? Right, right. You know, the, people are making quite a bit of money off of it. So it's it's very interesting to me because it's the kind of thing I think that on paper or in theory or, or in I don't know if you were went to criminology or whatever, you, yeah. would, you would be like, yeah, no, that, that, that would never work. That you've got too many people. Somebody's going to talk. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And there's no way I could ever possibly go through. And, and it happens. This particular one is bloody. Yes. But I never found the bloodiness of it gratuitous. No. Again, because it's sort of like slightly very faithful to, to reality. Yeah. You know, narco is a a bloody business. And I think that they did their best to, even though it is a fictional story, to keep the uh, a, 
an element of reality in it that whenever you show things happening, the first thing that came to mind is, I think I read some of these, something similar to these. I think I heard something similar to these. Yeah. And I think that's what happened throughout the entire the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the one thing that I wasn't familiar with at all was the broker part of it. Correct. I, I And in that respect, I can't tell you whether or not that's that's a that's a faithful rendition of it. But what do you think of each one of these elements? The the way these were presented. We are familiar with the notion, the idea of criminal families. Sure. But but whenever American movies have touched on that, it has always been just a means to come to that part where the Americans are the one in charge. Right. So to a certain extent, it almost makes you feel like, yeah, the old school is what's in Italy and the Americans modernized it. But the fact of the matter is, the more modernized mafia becomes, the easier it becomes for law enforcement to catch up to it. Very true. Whereas the more old school, you know, Julius Caesar, you know, Roman Empire that it stays, the least it is to be found into, to be infiltrated, which is what that brand of Italian from Italy mafia brings to the table. And I think we we should all, and I'm not saying we should all take a look at it to, to learn anything. I'm just saying that. <laughs> we should all know. When starting your own mafia, <laughs> make sure you follow the old Italian rule book. Do not follow the new modern American rule book. It will get you caught. Don't be going, don't be going gaudy on people and shit. Because that shit don't work. <laughs> you know. You will end up in federal prison. <laughs> but I think the story told from the perspective of Mexico was incredibly compelling. Yes. Because it tells you the story of how some people fall to victim to the bribes, victim to narco-trafficking. But yet it also tells you how some people are so convinced that they're doing the right thing, they end up literally being being part of the problem. And in this particular case, we're talking about one of the characters. I believe his uh, name was Manuel Contreras, right? Manuel Contreras is part of this elite squad of the Mexican army, and it feels like when you first meet this character, he actually hates the traffickers in what they're doing to the town. But at the same time, he has some very weird ambition that he has sort of latched on to a a religious sense of purpose, if you will. Yeah. That one bad thing can be used to do greater, better things, right? But that's the story he tells himself <laughs> right. at the end of the day, isn't it? Right, right. You know? That's what he tells himself so he can sleep at night or, yeah, yeah. through the day or whatever. Yeah, and that here is is an interesting thing. It's an interesting, very interesting part of this, of this series. But also, 
let's talk about the broker. Yes. When it starts, you could be led to think that being a broker to to the mafia and to the Mexican cartel is the least dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But damn. But shit even- went south really <laughs> fast. <laughs> It, yeah, and I I just, I don't know if I were ever in the position to be approached to be a broker, which would never in a bajillion years happen, but it, all I would need to hear is mafia and cartel, and I would be like, no, thank you. I, I, thank you, but no, thank you. Please don't kill me. <laughs> the thing is that, like, if you think about, like, the the the, the head of the family of the brokers, he, he treats these people like business people. Yes. His approach to the whole thing is business. It's business, yes. And he gives them the respect of businessmen. Yes. And, like, there's no crime involved in any of it. Well, I think to him it's not, it isn't. Like, to him it is just simply business. Crime doesn't come into it at all. It's just a product. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I deliver this from, from point A to point B. You pay me, we're good. Yeah. And right? I'm not going to ask about what's inside of it. Even though, I mean, you know, obviously he knows and everything. But I'm just, that's the thing he could say is, that's all I'm doing. I'm just moving this from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it so. It could be candy. <laughs> for all I care. <laughs> as long as you pay me. <laughs> Did I get paid? Yes. So fuck <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> and so on the side of the family in Italy that places the order, that's where things got complicated and complicated things in America and complicated things in Mexico. Because much in the same way that the Roman Empire involved backstabbing and treason and all of that. Literal backstabbing. (laughs) You've got the same problem with mafia is if one family is not trying to take, in, take you out, it's going to be one person or a little faction within your family trying to take you out. Except in this case, we were talking about a grandson versus his own grandfather. So it's, That's totally how life works. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic series. The acting on this thing is... Wonderful. Yeah, it is. And a lot, like each person, each character sort of like shine uh, by uh, on their own. Yeah. Right? And we, we are going to talk about the cast a little bit more, but but what else can be said about this, Jojo? Um, I, I think that it's, um, it's sort of, a, for me, a, a reason to watch it too is, and I haven't finished it, of course, but a, re- a reason to watch it is it's not really your typical trafficking show, you yeah. know, at all. It's not, you know, we're going to follow the cops and they're the good guys and this is, you know, good guy gets bad guy and that kind of thing. You know, it's it's more about the the journey of the cocaine and the people along the way. Yes. And I think that that's a, a great reason to watch it because it's not a take that I've seen before in this particular kind of story. I mean, I've seen stories with elements of that in it, but not to the extent that the show has. And then to have all this great characterization that's going on 
around the people that are involved in the the shipment of of cocaine. And and I love that you pointed out this this part of it because we have, you know, Hollywood has gotten us used to you have to root for this side or root right. for that side. Right. And and none of that happens here. No. None of that happens here. No. You just want to see the conclusion. It's like like, you know, Michael Jackson and that famous meme of thriller where he is just like eating his popcorn. Yes. He's like, I'm just going to sit here and watch what's going to happen. Yes. I don't care who dies. I don't care who survives. I don't care if it makes it to where it makes it. I just want to see. And there are so, like, when I tell you that in every episode, shit keeps going south. I don't know how much more south it could go. Go. <laughs> oh my God. Like you have, it's eight episodes and there is not one episode you could say that was what you would call a feeling episode. There's no such a thing. No, seriously, man. It's gone so far south. It's coming back north. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Went around, man. It went around. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> so there's a part where they are, they went from fucking Senegal to Morocco and then they, they get kidnapped by ISIS and shit. Like everything happened. And again, it is nothing that you can say, yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of it. Yeah. You can't say, nah, yeah, no, there's no way. No. How do you manage to get a group of writers in a, in a room to write stories that are compelling, plausible more than anything else, and and well told? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know who who. Uh, let's let's figure this one out. Who wrote this? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know either. Okay, so we don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is based on a book by Roberto Saviano. It was, the series was created by Stefano Salima, Leonardo Fasoli, and Mauricio Katz. There you go. And, yeah, based on the book. So it looks like we had three main writers. I'm not familiar with um, any of their work, I don't believe. Mm, 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 mm. Although Stefano Salumio wrote All Cops Are Bastards. I didn't know this one. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So let's talk about the cast, Jojo, right? What do we have for cast here? The family that is American, I think none of them are American. (laughs) That's the sub du jour, right? Yeah. A lot of people playing Americans that are very far from being American. <laughs> and the crazy thing is Americans can't say to them, you have a nice accent. Where are you from? Because they good at doing the American accent. <laughs> they are yeah, good. They are good. They, they um, yeah. There are some, some non-American folks who do an American accent that, that is very grating, but, but I didn't find that the case here <laughs> so we have three people that form the american family does so the characters are emma chris and edward 
Edward is Edward Linwood, and he's played by Gabriel Byrne, who is Irish. Right? So Gabriel Byrne, if you don't remember who that dude is. He's been around a while. He's been in many, many things. Yeah. You should know him. You should know Gabriel Byrne. If you remember In Treatment on HBO, the first iteration, the first version of In Treatment, he was the main uh, psychoanalyst on In Treatment. He kept his, he was, he, he was able to keep his Irish accent and everything <laughs> on this one. But that's Gabriel Byrne. And I think he is in the first three episodes. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because I, I didn't get to finish it. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. So the father or the patriarch of the Linwood family, who is the broker, the broking, brokering family, is Gabriel Byrne. The, you want to say the deputy, the matriarch in incoming of the Linwood family is. Emma, Emma Linwood, played by Andrea Riseborough. Now, this one is an actress I wasn't familiar with. And because she is sort of like a, a weird clone of Tilda Swinton on this one, <laughs> I wanted to find out more, but I'm like, who is this chick, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the movies that she's been on before that is Birdman. Birdman was, was actually... Did Birdman, Birdman win an Oscar and everything? It's a very, very good movie. I haven't seen it with Michael Keaton. Yes, yes. And that's the one uh, directed by Alejandro González Iñárritu? I believe so, yes. Yes. So she was on that. And Oblivion? Uh, I know of this one, but I, I haven't... There's not much I can say about it. And... Uh, it was for me it was kind of weird because she is playing she's giving you this really funky american accent and when i researched her she is from newcastle and my friends if you are looking for a, a strong weird english accent you have to hear the geordie accent and almost think it is impossible for this person to speak with an American accent. Let me tell you something. She nails it, man. For Jody, she nails it. Nails it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, it 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 is. I've I've heard that accent and uh it's it's the kind of thing where it doesn't even sound like English. <laughs> it, to me, it, I mean there's like words that are in it that it's like, okay, that I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's an English word, but the rest of it is it it's yeah. <laughs> One of my a very good friend, <laughs> Darren is is from Newcastle. My my very good friend Paula is from Newcastle. Although Paula uh, has a refined Geordie accent, uh, if you believe that there is such a thing, I believe you. <laughs> it's a refined Geordie accent, but the Geordie is there. So. Andrea Riseborough does a fantastic job mimicking the American accent for someone who is originally from Newcastle. But that's that's her training, of course. So why not? She she certainly does that. Dane DeHaan is this uh, chap 
that plays Chris Linwood. And uh, I don't know that there is a more Nordic young man in in Hollywood than this guy. He is from Allentown, Pennsylvania. But if you look at the last name, Dehan, is is either it could be a Dutch name, but everything about it about him screams uh, Sweden, Finland. <laughs> You know, but he's also a very good actor and he does an absolutely fantastic job on this movie because he was able to convince me of his illness. And uh, I, again, I'm, he's been on The Amazing Sp- Spider-Man 2, The Place Beyond the Pines. He's been in this movie called Kill Your Darlings. And also in Chronicle. He is, he's fabulous. I, I, I like what he did in this. He is very, very good. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and I tried to figure out before where I'd seen, what I had seen him in. And I didn't, I don't think I've seen anything that he's been in. So I'm, I'm confused, but it's okay. Yeah, he's been, he's been around. <laughs> now, but he's very, very good. The actor who, to me, is the revelation, and I hope to see this dude in more and more and more stuff from now on, is Harold Torres, who plays Manuel Contreras. This guy is absolutely amazing. He is great at playing an absolute fucking maniac. Uh... He's got a coldness in his eyes. Like, even people that he's good to, you can see that they fear him because they don't know where he's coming from. Right. Like, I know you're playing that you're good to me, but something about you tell me that you're going to fucking eat me at some point. Yeah, you're going to rip my face off. Yes, yes. That was the kind of character he played. And he was fabulous. He was great. I loved, loved, loved every moment. I enjoy seeing him uh, on screen. So his name is Harold Torres. And uh, I think this is the first thing he does. He's done, um, like, internationally. He's won all kinds of, you know, awards in Mexico. Uh, But he is insane. I'm, I'm so looking forward to see more of him. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay. So let's go then to Giuseppe Di Domenico, played Stefano in this. He is the grandson of Don Minu. Don Minu is the capo di tutti capi in the mafia. Is it in Calabria? I think the whole thing is in Calabria. And the series starts with a very poignant scene with a narration by the character of Gabriel Byrne, but everything is, all the action that you see is Don Minu. So I I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the two patriarchs, right? Yes. There's one patriarch's voice versus one patriarch's action. Yes. That was was great. And uh, in the beginning, it was a bit confusing to me. 
Yes. And then I kind of show, because you, again, you say, they are very good at bringing you back. They are very good at giving you some some flashbacks that don't even look like flashbacks. You just, you just, it just takes from where it left off without you even knowing it. Yeah. That's a, that's a format that I've never seen before. Um, so Giuseppe Di Domenico plays Stefano. And then, of course, Gabriel Byrne, we've talked about it. Now, Don Minu is played by a dude that is, if you see his picture, you're like, what a terrific, lovable, old Italian grandpa. <laughs> yeah, he looks like somebody you could sit down and have, you know. Yeah, oh. have a couple of, you know, Colucini with and shit, you know. But this motherfucker is bad. He's bad. His name is... Adriano Chiaramida, and uh, he plays Don Minu in, in this series. And uh, he is from Livorno, Tuscany, in Italy. And he's been pretty much a big star in Italy. He's, he's, he's been in everything in Italy. So I don't remember ever seeing this guy in anything on this side of the continent, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's uh, he's actually older than I thought he was for some reason. Yeah? Yeah. 1941. Yeah, that's that's quite, like, actually he's turning 80 yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you see his, his, his CV, he's done everything in Italy. Everything, everything, everything. So, but on this one, he was convincing. He was... Great. Who else can we talk about here? Characters that, uh, actors who played a character that actually got us talking. Not much, really. Yeah, uh, everybody was is really good in the, the parts that they they play. Um, but I, I nobody's really jumping out as... The entire crew, the entire... Mexican uh, actors, the crew yeah. of Mexican actors were yes. fabulous. Yes. This girl, Claudia Pineda, she played uh, Chiquitita. Uh, she was the pregnant girl and whatever. She was she was absolutely great. She stole all the scenes yeah. she was in. The guys who played the Leira brothers, uh, Flavio Medina, and what, what's the other name? Victor Hugo Martin. They, they were the Leira brothers. You know, they... Played the typical uh, narco traffickers who thinks who think of themselves more as businessmen, you know. Yeah. But they have all kinds of sicarios out there that can do the job for them. And uh, when they get to the part where they are in in Senegal, and then they try to get from Senegal to Casablanca to Morocco, you will see this actor named. Seydina Balde, he plays the character of Omar Gambi. And I think this uh, this dude is, yeah, he's, he's actually French-born. He's been on Unleashed, Hitman, Punisher, Femme Fatale. And he's, a, he's, he's an actor of pedigree, and he plays... What the Emma and the brother, the Linwood, are in the United States. Yeah. The people you would 
have to talk to to get things from one place to another, to get to speak to I don't know the director of something or the senator or something. So so I I liked his character, and he he was dope. But this show is again eight episodes. There's not a lot you can say about it other than watch it because if you start watching it, you're not gonna want to stop. And it's not one of the shows that you're gonna come to a point and say, "I don't think I can, I can watch this anymore." What do you think? I agree. You no. Know? So that's it, right there, man. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. On Amazon, and uh, yeah, it's zero 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 zero. I always had questions as to why it was called zero zero zero, and JoJo, you know, thanks to me, opened up her. Nerd box. Because <laughs> you know Jojo, man. Like, yeah, let I, me find out. I, I have to know all the things. <laughs> and speaking of nerd box, uh, if you are free on Saturday nights, you can join us on Clubhouse. We You can search us, right? It's Kicking and Streaming Hub, H-U-B, Kicking and Streaming Hub. This That's our club. That's our little thing on Clubhouse. And we have a night of trivia starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Nine, yeah, yeah, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, right? So um, what happens there is that we come up with questions, trivia questions. If you answer one question, you get to ask the next, the next question. But you don't have to participate if you don't want to. If you just want to just lurk, right? Just stay in there, just listen. That's perfectly fine too. All we would like is for you to join us and see how we do every Saturday night. It's a bar style trivia night. So open a beer, yeah, get a glass of wine, yeah, join us. Cocktail, whatever. Yeah. Apple, um, apple juice if you don't imbibe. <laughs> apple juice. Apple juice. <laughs> Ginger ale. Uh, water. So all right, so here's the thing. After almost a year and a half that we didn't podcast together in the same room, the same studio, jo- Jojo is here with me today. But uh, sadly, it is also the last time for a long time that she's going to be here in studio with me. And as you can see, as you can tell, we've done this. Uh, we, we are definitely a different breed when we are together. That's why we started this podcast together because (laughs) we vibe from one another so well that you can't stand us. Seriously. (laughs) We're obnoxious. I'm serious. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So (laughs) my fantastic co-host is leaving the state of North Carolina and moving on to another state. And I am going to miss you. And to a certain extent, the good thing is at least I hadn't seen you, even though we were we, we were are pretty much in the same city. I wasn't able to see you for a long time. So it's not as heartbreaking, but it's still heartbreaking to see you go. So I want to take this moment 
to thank you for saying yes when I asked you to do this podcast because I wasn't expecting it. I've said that before. I wasn't expecting you to say yes. And you, we, we've done this for almost three years. Yeah. <laughs> for almost three years. And we we've had some difficult moments in this road, in this podcasting road. I am not the greatest guy to get along with sometimes, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I tend to be a bit rigid about stuff and <laughs> I tend to want an immediate reaction and stuff. And sometimes Jocelyn is a little bit more relaxed than I am and it drives me bloody nuts. <laughs> <laughs> But I cannot think of anyone else that I want to do this with. And unless you move to Mars <laughs> or some shit, <laughs> we're going to be doing this for a long time. Yeah. Judge, anything you want to say? To you? I, I wish that we could have, I wish the pandemic hadn't happened so that we could have doing all this in studio all the time. But yeah, COVID. fuck COVID. Yeah, fuck COVID. <laughs> fuck COVID. Very well then. So we're going to uh, call it a day. Uh, George and I, we have to catch up with a couple more beers or wine or whatever. Yeah, that, you know? that too. And then uh, we'll see you guys next time. Possibly the next episode, I'm going to have the com be in the company of someone else who will be stepping in for Jojo. And then we'll be podcasting for you one more time very, very soon. So, Jojo, this is... Not even goodbye, so whatever, dude. <laughs> See you. Whatever, dude. All right. So let's say goodbye now. Bye, folks. Bye, everybody. To you guys. Thank no, you. Not to George. Just so you know. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. <laughs>